Welcome back to the Macam in the Middle podcast after another Sunderland game. After the international break, a 3-1 away win against QPR. And as always, we'll get into what happened during the game, who scored the goals, the performance, and a brief look ahead to the next game, which is, of course, Blackburn away on Wednesday. But first and foremost, Kyle, that win against QPR makes it, I think that's unbeaten in our last four, I think it is. Um, obviously, back-to-back wins after that 5-0 win against Southampton. And after an international break, after a two-week break, it's always interesting to see whether you can keep the momentum that you've went into the break with. And we have this time. Yeah, I think two of the most important games you know, throughout the season is the, the last game before the transfer window and then the first game back. You know, because there's so much anticipation. And God, I, or not the transfer window, sorry, the international window. Um, I just hate the international break. It's just so long. Yeah. You know, it just feels forever, especially after coming off such a big win at Southampton. Like, the one thing, you know, some people said, and I even said it too in a group chat, was just like, uh, maybe this just came at a bad time, especially when we went down early. But uh turned out all right. But, yeah, absolutely. Huge win to keep the momentum going. Um, and another just stellar performance. And it's just, I just cannot get enough of watching this team. Like, it's just... It, every week it just feels like a new player someone else steps up you see a, a move from a player you wouldn't expect and uh yeah it's just fun you can't ask for much more yeah and obviously it's not just the fact that it's a win after the international break like i alluded to that it's now four games unbeaten for Sunderland after what was a relatively tough start to the season um and things can only start to get better now uh, you've got players coming back from injury Obviously, some new players that signed in January, Burstow and Alchichi, I'm still going to call them that, making the debut yesterday. So the squad's just going to get stronger. The players are going to keep gelling. And, you know, all being well, like I said, things can only get better. Yeah, as soon as I know the um, the extent of Equa's injury, then I'll be able to really feel good about it. But, um, yeah, yeah. No, and, and that's, I mean, it just goes back. I, you know, I don't want to be the one who's like, oh, Speakman, he's great, this and that, you know, because I understand there's been some frustrations there. But I think the one thing that he's figured out, I would say out of everybody except for, oh, the, um, the lad who went to guitar. Okay, I'm already forgetting his name. But everybody's just settled right in, it seems. And, and I think they do that strategically by getting a couple of, like, young regional players, right? A, a couple of players from France, for example. Jewy is probably the the outlier in that, you know, he's probably the only Spanish speaking player. I mean, maybe you know, maybe Ecuador knows Spanish as well. Who knows? My but, um, as well. Yeah. Oh, true. Right. And probably tomatoes. It was Portuguese. You know, it it could be a little different, but you know what I mean. Yeah. So I think that's been a huge kind of key to the success. It's not just like random throwing darts at a, you know, at a random country and say let's get one player from here, one player from there. You got to get players who can gel together, kind of first in smaller groups. And then that kind of opens them up to the big group. And that, that's what you see. Yeah, I think it's Ashish. Ashish is, uh, yeah, just seems like he's just, he seems like he's been here all season, you know, and that connection with Bob and a few of the other lads, it's just, it's been great. So credit to the, the team. It, it takes a lot. And it also says a lot about the manager and Tony to be able to manage different backgrounds, um, languages, play styles, and just have them all come together for kind of the common goal and empower them to say, Here's what you do well. Just go do it. Go have fun. Yeah. And not only the game itself, because there was quite a few things to talk about, it wasn't all playing swimming for Sunderland because we actually went 1-0 down. And 
Bit of question mark over whether Sunderland should have had a free kick in the build-up to the goal. I think the ball goes over the top and Armstrong and Ballard kind of come together. Question mark over whether there was a push in the back for Ballard or not, but it wasn't given. Long throw comes into the box, doesn't get cleared particularly well and it falls to Kenneth Powell on the edge of the box. And in fairness, it is a good finish. And, you know, there's been goals we've conceded where you could say, oh, we should have done this better, we should have done that better, we should have closed them down, there was no one there. This is just, you know, one of them that I don't think anything went particularly wrong. It was just a goal against the run of play, really, at the time. <laughs> it was very much a Gareth Ainsworth goal. Uh, you, yeah, you could kind of feel they, that they might be able to, you know, we started well, you know, for the most part. Granted, it came pretty early, but, you know, I would say we started well. Definitely came across the run of play. It's just the dreaded long throw in that just for some reason, I, I feel like we always concede long throws somehow. So unfortunate, but um, overall, I just felt I, I, like it I didn't worry me at all. Like, I kind of knew at the absolute bare minimum, we get a, a draw out of that because, you know, just the way we were playing and our history against Andrew. So I re- it was one of those goals that happened. I was like, ah, like the only thing I thought was, man, maybe the uh, international break really came at a, a wrong time. And, it, you know, like I said, I don't think it did at the end of the day, but not an ideal start, but it wasn't. Uh, wasn't anything different than the rest of the season where we tend to <laughs> concede early. So, but yeah, overall, wasn't worried. Yeah. And because it is a Gareth Ainsworth team, albeit QPR as opposed to Wickham, going one nil down away from home is probably, you know, the worst case scenario, especially I think it was 12 minutes into the game. And, you know, for the majority of the first half, including in the build up to that goal, Sunderland dominated possession, dominated the ball, you know, kind of in the middle of the pitch and towards the final third without, you know, creating too much. And, you know, for the best part of about, I think about 46 minutes, it was turning to be one of them frustrating games where I think we talked about before the international break. If you go 1-0 down against a team like this, it is going to be frustrating and it was. Yep. And, um, well, the one thing I noticed, too, and, and it all kind of culminates into a, an event that happened shortly after, but, I mean, you just knew the physicality. And it wasn't, like, I, I'm all for the game being physical, right? Like, it's just, like, that's a part of the game, especially in the championship. You know, I, I feel like we we are physical in our own regard as well in certain positions and things like that. It was the type of tackles, though, that they were leaving in, that they were kind of shooting for, you know, they essentially got them a goal as well. A little, you know, kind of the dark arts of shoving in the back when it's going out of bounds, things like that. And I just felt like the ref wasn't quite doing enough to not, you know, you don't have to call everything, you don't have to baby it or anything, but, you know, just kind of settle down. And then, of course, you know, two or three minutes later, uh, you know, we had the the incident, which yeah, I'm sure you'll get on to. But I, you could just feel something was kind of bubbling up, even though they went up one, you know, went up a goal. They still just kept really really going after us in, in less than ideal ways and like I said it, it ended up fighting them big time so it did and that is because former Sunderland midfielder Jack Corbett gets sent off I think at around the 22nd <laughs> minute and you know there's loads of videos of it on Twitter I said it at the time and you can yep. sense from the play reaction that there. it wasn't a good tackle somehow somehow some way in some world 99% of QPR fans are adamant that it was barely a yellow card um, but oh. unless I'm just missing something here, that is an blatant red card. Yep. Oh, yeah. It was clear as day. And one thing I love too, like, like 
being a slightly newer fan. So since 2018, you know, I, I, I've learned a decent amount about former players and history and things like that. But every now and then a new player comes up where I'm just like, I didn't know we hated this guy. And <laughs> it, it didn't take a long for him to, you know, immediately jump on the list for me. But yeah, I didn't know kind of the history with Colback and kind of how he, he was our player and then just kind of bend us off for Newcastle because he thought he was better than us or something. Is, is that kind of how that went down? I mean, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, no, but either way, horrible tackle. I mean, well, I, I, it wasn't even close. I mean, Ainsworth yeah, came out after the game and said that Job made the most of it. And I mean, oh, just a yeah. bit of a lucrative comment, I think. Because I think, you know, oh. you've seen them tackles before where, you know, that ends the season for yeah. Job. Oh, easily. Oh, I mean, yeah. And that would put us in such a bind, you know, because Job has been, well, he didn't score. Uh, his movement off the ball is phenomenal. And and especially in you know in front of the goal, the way he kind of drifts in behind defenders, and then has that striker's instinct. And he's not even a striker, right? Not not a natural striker. You know the way he's able to get in there. He's long. He's got that reach as well. And yeah, an injury like that would have been devastating. You know, as, with his development, with his overall process, probably his mentals as well. So thankfully, it wasn't anything too serious you know Ainsworth, Ainsworth saying anyone makes the most out of anything is just the most hypocritical statement you know he, he makes the most out of a top button on a shirt let me tell you so Those. I think overall we're fortunate um and to be honest like I I thought that the red as much as it's good to go up a man against just about any other team I almost felt like I was like man is that is that going to be a bad thing for us you know because now yeah. they're going to just go ultra Ainsworth and, um, I mean, especially at one nil down as well. They already go ultra yes, Ainsworth, yes. and then they go down exactly. in ten minutes becomes, I don't even know. Right, and well, and, that, and, and really, my mind went to like, like I said, I I knew for a fact, regardless, we were at least going to get out of there with the draw. But I also wanted, like, I tune in every week, you know, for a number of reasons. But I just wanted to watch the team play, kind of how they've been playing. And when you're up against a team that's just going to do four, you know, two blocks of four and just make it ugly and terrible to watch, you can't really get into your own rhythm either. But the adjustments that Tony made, and somebody posted the formation <laughs> where we essentially, you know, once we had made some subs, especially later on in the game, the, the, the adjustments that Mowbray and Mike Dodds and the rest of the staff made to going up a man was phenomenal. So, yeah, yeah I, the only thing I said was, please get a goal before the half. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, was, that was all I wanted. And we did, because Jack Clark, albeit, I mean, he's going to claim it, and I think it has gone down his, as his goal, he gets the equaliser on the stroke of half-time, and the tale of the first kind of three or four games of the season for Sunderland was conceding deflections, this time on the receiving end, not the receiving end, the given end of a deflection. Is that the right way of putting that? I think so. I'm going to go with that anyway. Because um, Clark gets the ball, he hits it, I think it deflects off one defender, hits off Steve Cook, who you know pretty much heads the ball, into his own net, makes it 1-1. And, you know, any time is a good time to score when you're 1-0 down, of course. But to get that goal on the stroke of half-time, you know, to give yourself the second half to go and chase the winner um, against the team that now, you know, have to come and, and, and attack you is the perfect time. Well, and not even that, because, you know, while they technically had to attack us if they wanted to get a win, you know, you know, they're going to settle with the draw, but then they had to realize, Oh my God, like now they're going to be, now we're going to be going for the win. And like I said, the adjustments that we made to you know put more players on and, and all in the attacking third was huge, but Jack Clark, you know, I'm really glad he got that goal too, because he did not start the game well at all. 
Like not, it was, it was actually a really poor performance from a lot of people, you know, but um, that just kind of shows his, where he's at mentally, which is he could, you know, he'll do that same move down the wing six, seven, eight, nine times. And even if it doesn't come off to him or he's passing to the other team or whatever, he just keeps going. He just keeps going. And, you know, when he took that shot, I think there's three or four defenders who immediately were closing down on him. He still just takes the shot anyways. And that's what you like to see. Sometimes I feel we try to pass it into the back of the net to Austin. Sometimes we just need to let it rip just right at, right at the goal and hope for the best. And, um, yeah, best case scenario this time. And finally, yeah, we were the we were the deflectors, not the deflectees. I don't know if that's right. It's a good way know, of putting it. It was nice. Yeah, <laughs> it was nice for once. Yeah. No, so that makes it one, one and a half times. Someone come out the second half with, you know, unlevel playing field in terms of the score. And obviously a man advantage against a, a pretty poor QPR team all in all. And, you know, thankfully, Sunderland used that man advantage to their own because they go and get the second goal. And, you know, very similar to, you know, a lot of the other goals we've scored this season. Um, and not even just some of the goals that we've scored, but similar, some of the chances that we've created. A lot of passing around the opposition box. I think Pritchard picks it up from a corner. Into, I think it was Trey Hume, who was, you know, a right back playing almost as a shadow striker. Plays it back into Pritchard. Pritchard should score. He doesn't. Begovic makes a save. And Dan Ballard, who gets his first goal for the club, I think that is, um, makes it 2-1. And, you know, at that point onwards, that is when, you know, you know we're going to get three points here. Yeah. And uh, I'm so excited that it was it was uh, Ballard as well. I think he's been playing extremely well. Uh, he played phenomenal all game yesterday uh, too. But just to be there, a nice kind of composed touch as well. We've seen people <laughs> miss from those types of range. But uh, for me, Pritchard is is who really stood out to me for pretty much the majority of the match. The way he, you know, because he came on after the FY injury. I mean, I don't, I don't know the actual stats, but in terms of... I know there's lots of uh, data and stuff that goes around about, you know, chances created, big chances created. Yeah. Since Pritchard came on for Equa, I think, you know, around halfway through the first half, amount of chances he made was, you know, I think he I think he was the one that put the cross in for Job, who yep. had a goal disallowed. Um, obviously, later in the game, there's a cross in uh, Hemiya who came on and, you know, a good chance there. Pritchard, albeit, doesn't actually get a goal contribution for his goal for Ballard, but he's, you know, in the right position, gets the shot off. And I said on Twitter at the time, probably going to get overlooked, but I think keeping Pritchard is one of the best pieces of business we've done in the summer. Absolutely. I love him. Like, I, you know, and I I get why, you know, Mowbray brought in Dak as well, because there was a little bit of uncertainty. But what I just like to see is that he's, Pritchard's the type that he realizes now, like, okay, my future's a little bit more settled. Like, I'm not obviously not leaving this window. And he just gets after it. And and the way he he he's pointing players in the right direction, he's making the right plays. He's he's really hard for defenders, I think, to account for as well. Just the way he moves off the ball, the way he sits in the pockets, phenomenal touches too. I think even on, I think it was one of the gold chances. He he just kind of plucked it right out of the, right out of the sky, just kind of like right over top of him, just plucked it right out, and then was able to just quickly play you know a good ball in. But yeah, the one on the goal that resulted from Dan Ballard, he plays a nice little soft touch in. Makes a perfect cut right at goal. Realistically, yeah, he should probably score. Keeper made a good play. And, and Dan, Dan Ballard, of all people, was right there to, to tap it in. And you just love to see it. And I, I think there's that one angle from the um, from the goal where it's it's more on Pritchard afterwards. He runs right yeah. up to the crowd and just kind of holds his ear up to the crowd. And Ballard's wheeling off. Like, he, it, you, you just want to see 
players understand what it means. And I think for Pissar, he 100% knows what it means to play for this club. I think he's come up big for us, big goals and big moments, especially in League One, even in the championship. And yeah, I, I will absolutely have time for him as long as he's uh, as long as he's on on our side. Yeah. And obviously, two one, you know, kills the game off. Really, like I say, uh, QPR, a man down, have to make changes. They have to, you know, they have to chase the game. They have to get something out of it. Um, and what that does is it creates more space for Sunderland to get in behind. And that was pretty much the tale for, you know, the the remaining half an hour. Um, you know, lots of you know final player passes, final third passes, lots of chances. And the third goal comes in the eighty first minute, and it's a deal with Chiche. Who gets the assist? Um, who you know came on, and as you said right at the start, you know it looked like he'd been here a lot longer than he has. Obviously, it's his first game. He's been training for a couple of weeks since the international break, and you know he seems to have integrated quite well. He gets the assist, left footed cross into Abdullah Bar, who hits it on the half volley, and you know he's another player that has shown a lot of promising games, but not quite delivered. In the final third, not quite delivered with that final pass, but you know the last two games, Southampton and now QBR, Abdullah Bar has, but well, he's got Patrick Roberts on the bench. Yeah, yeah, which is pretty incredible. And um, yeah, Alshish, as I, I know, it's I know you know it's pronounced, but it's just, it, it is going to be really funny to hear <laughs> hear the different pronunciations throughout the season. But yeah, came in, settled in well, like I mentioned. Um, yeah, Abdullah Bar. I mean, add add Bar to the list of the players that i would say the the vocal minority of twitter just wrote off immediately saying oh he's not good enough he's this and that and it's just you know you just got to give some of these kids some time to settle in and you can just tell my only gripe is just like man just like cut cut out one or two step overs from your move and and you'll be i think quicker to the point right it's sometimes he just he sits on the ball too much but he's going to continue to grow into it the way he tracked that ball in the air kind of kind of knew exactly how to approach it too off the hop put it right in the back of the net it was awesome and the way the fans celebrated it's uh yeah just looked like an incredible cap to uh to what was uh probably really fun away day i'm sure bowers had a good time out there as well so yeah it's uh but yeah the french connection Ashish the bar and then we're gonna have others as well and it's just oh, yeah. yeah things just seem to be clicking especially in the attacking in the attacking third i mean just kind of go back to my point about the formation especially going up man at one point, you know, you went with Clark and Bob both kind of in that wing-back role. I mean, up front in time, you had Clark, Elshis, Joe, Rob. It, it, was, it was very much a, a 2-1-7 <laughs> formation in possession. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. And and then I love, too, in, in possession, seeing Hume move up as well. Yeah. Um, and I think that's really smart because the type of player he is. And, and is he just – he's got to be the best tackler on the team, I think, despite his size or anything like that. And I think he's a pretty normal size, but – he got stuck in a couple times with some really good tackles, and yeah, just love to see it. So yeah, it's just what a, what a team, what a team to watch. It's just it's fun to see. It's like what's going to happen next. You know, who's going to step up next or come up with the goal? And it mm. seems like everyone's playing for each other, which is like I said, all you can ask for. Mm. And obviously, finishes three one. It could have been a lot more. I alluded to that chance that Hamia had towards the end of the game from a uh, across from Pritchard, but it did finish three one, and it's another three points, and it takes Sunderland, albeit. Makes no difference where you are at the table at this stage in the season. Takes him up to seventh, six points behind Preston, who are the league leaders, um, interestingly enough. And I think they're the only as team... We all, as we all predicted. <laughs> they are, in fact, the only team to have not lost a game yet this season. Obviously, Sunderland 
uh, unfortunate really not to come away the come away with a win in that game um, earlier in the season. But you know it, it's steady from Sunderland at the minute in terms of league position. Like I say, there's not too much to look into it because you know if you if Sunderland win on Wednesday against Blackburn, they can move up to fourth. If you lose against Blackburn, you can drop all the way down to uh, 18th potentially. Yeah. Um, granted, you know some teams are going to play each other, some not necessarily, but it just shows that you know the league table doesn't make a difference at this stage, and the only thing that you need to pay attention to is you know results, of course, but performances as well. Yep, and and even in our earlier losses in the season two, I think we all came away from the, those games saying we definitely played well enough to win. You know, we played well. Just got unlucky with you know deflected goals, right? It's um so that's gonna be tough. But our next three games, I mean, so yeah, we have Blackburn, and then I think we have Cardiff, and then Chef Wed, Cardiff and Chef Wed, who are both pretty, you know, not looking, especially Chef Wed, not looking great. I mean, you know, realistically, from nine points, I mean, if we could take away seven from that, I think that's, I think then over the next three or four games, that's when the the table is really gonna start to take a little bit more shape. And I think we have a good run of fixtures coming up, to be honest. For once, it feels like we started the season really tough with a lot of tough opponents, came out of that well, made it to the international break. And now we can kind of reset and say, cool, this is where we're at. And teams we have ahead of us are in no better shape than us, I would say, at this moment. And the way we're playing, yeah, if we can get seven out of these next nine, we'll, uh, we'll be in good shape. We will. Um, standout player for you from that game? Oof. Let me think. Let me think. It's uh, I I really liked the way Pritchard played. You know, and yeah. and I think a lot of it's context too, um, with um, kind of what had been going on in the uh, transfer window and things like that. But he came on and completely controlled the game. Um, like I said, probably should have had an assist early to Job that got you know incorrectly called off in my opinion. Uh, probably should have had a goal as well. That just wait, like I'm just I, just to interrupt you again there. Um, apologies, but um, it is really annoying not having you know not necessarily VAR, but you know yeah. substantial replays in the it championship at least because right yeah. you, that job goal. You know, there's there's pictures on Twitter from like a hundred and forty degree angle, and you know people are on the stream screenshotting it, and you never really get a chance to see a proper replay of stuff now in the championship, which is. You know, granted, it made no difference in the game. And, you know, you've got the penalty shout, which obviously we haven't talked about because it didn't have any impact on the game. But, you know, this, again, you know, there's two arguably big decisions in that game potentially went against us. And because there's no VAR, there's no, you know, sideline cameras and, you know, a lot of grounds, especially at this level, tend to have, you know, one or two cameras and not many angles of the game. You don't actually, you know, come to a conclusion as to whether that goal's offside, that penalty's a penalty or anything like that and and with with being how tight it was like you can't even really be mad at the at the linesman for it you know and that's where i think even var now i i do feel like there needs to be some sort of like not gray area but in between where it's like if if it really is just like fraction of a of a player's boot is offside and that's what's getting called you know i think there needs to be a little bit more gray area um but yeah it's it's frustrating at times it is kind of nice though to be able to celebrate goals quicker you know because you don't have to kind of sit there and wait for it but we've even had that too with late decisions even without var so it's it's i don't know it it it, it, it sucks when it goes against you but you know sometimes it's just nice to be able to celebrate the goal if it's called that immediately and kind of wheel away that way but 
nonetheless, yeah, I, I think as far as players go, I, there's probably a few I could have picked out. Probably Dan Ballard would have been another one for me. I just love the way yeah. he played and loves the passion, his physicality. But I think given the context and the situation with Echo going out and Pritchard just remaining engaged, and I think that's just a testament that if, if he does leave, I think any club would be so lucky to have him just because of the type of player that he is. Doesn't let him get distracted. He doesn't just say, "Oh, well, if I'm not going to play, then I'm not going to care." Like you can tell, he's sharp. You know, hasn't been slagging off in training or anything like that. And maybe that's just been the plan. But especially now, if Eckler's going to be out, you know, hopefully not long at all, please. <laughs> then uh, if he has to step in, I have no issues with that. And the way he played, the way he set up the goals, and his passion for the fans, like you just love to see it. So yeah. I, I would go with Pritchard, but he easily could have gone to Ballard, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, Wednesday is the next game. It is Blackburn away, and I think it's on the Sky Red button. Um, so obviously people can watch it. Um, you know, it's a game that obviously last season would have been towards the end a you know a playoff decider. It could still be quite a big game. Um, you know, at any stage in the season, it's not going to be an easy one. But we'll get a podcast out after that game at some point before the Saturday. Um, discussing that game and everything that happens in that and then again to discuss the next game after that which I think is Cardiff on the Sunday so we'll be back then to talk about that game but until then we will see you there that's all folks